Hi, everybody. In the last few episodes, we've been talking to our OGs, original guests, for the series that we called OG Check-Ins. And we invite some folks back because we want to know, how's it been? How's your life going? Have things changed since the last time you came on the show? Today, I'm welcoming back OG Irina. Irina's episode aired on August 24th, 2020. Here's a clip. So I do talk to my brother about how I am, you know, frustrated sometimes about how I'm put in the middle between, you know, his and my parents' communication issues. He tends to kind of excuse it. You know, he'll say, well, yeah, like I'll text him back. What often comes up for me at this point is that, you know, I have my own life and I have a husband and a baby and, you know, pets and work. And, you know, when I'm kind of like stuck in the middle in this way, I have to like communicate to both sides. And, it, and sometimes I get very frustrated and I just, you know, have to say like, you know what, like, take me out of this. Like, I can't be in this conversation right now. What's up, everybody? I'm Steve Lewis, a licensed psychotherapist and host of How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything. I'm excited to share big news. How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything is back. This time, I'll be joined by a very special person, someone whose name you know very well. Hi, everybody. I'm Juleka Lantigua, founder of LWC Studios. Welcome, Juleka. I'm so excited. And by the way, I'll be taking notes. So many notes. As always, on the show, we get to hear stories from Black and brown folks who are out there doing great and amazing things. Then I do my thing of offering some feedback and strategies to help us navigate personal and professional challenges. Together, we'll figure out how to achieve on our own terms. Subscribe to or follow How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything everywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow the show at Talk to Achievers. From KPBS and PRX, Port of Entry is back. This season features cross-border stories about artists and musicians turning pain into superpowers. A kid caught smuggling drugs through the U.S.-Mexico border becomes an artist and designer. Carlos Santana's best friend, musician Javier Batiz, turns down mega fame for family and community. Port of Entry, a narrative documentary podcast, offers cross-border stories that connect us all. Visit portofentrypod.org or listen on Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everybody. I'm Juleka Lantigua, the creator and executive producer of How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything. And I'd like to invite you to be a guest on the show. Every episode, we talk to Black and brown folks striving to do big things and looking for ways to level up. Licensed psychotherapist Devon Lewis offers feedback about aspirational challenges we all face. Things like imposter syndrome, perfectionism, and especially how we define success. We'd love to hear about your triumphs and where you still trip up sometimes. Send our producer Virginia an email so she can get your story on the show. She's at virginia at lwcstudios.com. When Irina and I first spoke last year, she told me that she was pretty tired of being the cultural translator in her family. As the oldest daughter of a Cuban dad and a Russian mom, she often got pulled in to mediate between them and her more Americanized younger brother. So for this OG check-in, I really wanted to find out if anything had changed since we spoke, if the dynamics in the family triangle had improved. Let's get into it. 
Hi, my name is Irina Gonzalez. I'm a freelance writer, journalist, um, and host of the Pandemic Mama podcast. And last time I came on the show to kind of talk about the frustrations I feel in being what I call the cultural translator between my brother, who at the time was almost 29 years old, and my um, immigrant parents. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So what's it been like through the pandemic and over this last year, you know, in general, and then specifically with the issue of you having to play translator? It's been really interesting. I think that, you know, some of the issues have faded away a little bit, um, you know, especially after the episode played and I, and I got to hear some of the advice and, you know, and, and some things have been really difficult. I think that, you know, one thing we re- really didn't get into last time is just the fact that I had my baby, my first um right at the start of the pandemic, you know, he was born at the end of March uh, when, you know, the world was shutting down and, and everyone was just trying to figure out what's happening. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's been difficult. Like the first year of my son's life was very isolated. He didn't meet another child until he was 11 months old. And he did interact with my parents. You know, they were kind of in our COVID bubble because they lived 10 minutes away. And we occasionally saw my brother when we could, but, you know, it was very difficult to see him because he works in a restaurant. But it was hard. And I think that as we went on, um, the issues between communication with, you know, my parents and my brother actually weren't as dramatic, I guess, during the pandemic, just because everyone was so, I think, busy worrying about what was happening in the world. So in a weird way, it was a little bit easier in that sense. But, you know, we were all very stressed out. And and that was really hard, I think, especially, um, you know, as a family that has, you know, some mental illness that my, to be honest, my dad pretty much ignores. <laughs> my brother um, was diagnosed with depression and ADHD, uh, I think at age 20. And I was diagnosed with anxiety um, just after turning 30. And uh, the pandemic has been really hard for for all of us as a group. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. Um, you said that you used or heard or listened to the advice that our expert gave about your show? Tell Mm -hmm. me about that. Oh, gosh. Um, You know, listening to kind of like myself, you know, talk concisely about the situation, I think was really interesting. And I, I think the biggest thing I really took away from the expert is, well, there was two, two really big things. I think the first one was just like, the framing of the triangle and that it's really all about like my parents and me and that like, it's really like has nothing to do with my brother. Like it's, it's really kind of, you know, he, he's living his life. Like he's communicating the way he communicates and I'm the one really being pulled into this triangle by my parents. And, you know, I I think that framing really helped me to be a little, a little, just a little bit more gentle, like, with my interactions with him, like he's not doing anything. He's just doing, you know, his life. Like my parents right. are the ones <laughs> really pushing this issue and, and reaching out to me and, and et cetera. Um, and the other thing I found really, really interesting is, you know, what the experts said about the comfort that I might get, like kind of like the benefit that I'm getting from my parents, you know, maybe paying this like extra attention to me because they're reaching out to me about, what's happening with my brother. And I thought that was 
like a really interesting way to think about it because I, I do think that she's right that in all of these years, one of the reasons that I haven't set harder boundaries with them about this topic is because, you know, when they do like reach out to me about this, um, you know, they, they are paying attention to me. And I do feel, I have felt very much throughout my life that they pay some extra attention to my brother because he's the youngest and he's the baby, maybe because he has all this, these issues. Um, you know, I've always been the good kid. So like, they don't worry about me. So like kind of them worrying about him, but talking to me about it does give me that benefit of like having their attention, even though it's not about me. You know, ultimately they're still talking about my brother. So my feeling of being ignored or, you know, him being favored doesn't ultimately go away. Right, right. Because it's not about you. Yeah. So I was really curious to see how having your child, aka their grandchild, might shift that triangle. Uh, Because first of all, I know that when I became a mother, I had a lot less time for family drama. (laughs) I was like, I'm trying to keep this thing alive. So forget the rest of you with your drama. But also the attention that, you know, grandma started to pay was always mitigated by the presence of or the Mm -hmm. existence of this grandchild. So did, did having your son in any way mitigate this triangle? It did. It did. It's actually, um, you know, something that I was thinking about, there has been really just like a lot more conversations with my parents that revolve around, you know, my son. And so that, that's been really exciting um, and fun to see because I, I think that they have kind of like loosened up a little bit and, you know, it's not that they're still not worried about my brother. I know like it's come up a few times here and there, but for the most part, they're not calling me and freaking out because if they're calling me, it's usually like to FaceTime you know, or something like that, or, or to ask about my son. So that's, that's definitely been, I think, an improvement. Um, but, you know, to be honest, I think the biggest improvement I've seen in our relationship is that my husband and I decided to move away. We had always, you know, planned to move away because we never, like, neither of us really felt at home. You know, we had great friends and obviously having family nearby has some benefits, But ultimately, like, we just didn't want to live in Florida. And I think that the pandemic really, really clarified that. You know, we were like, what are we waiting for? Like, we don't like it here. We never have. You know, this pandemic is really just making things more difficult to live in the state. And so, yeah, long story short, we're in Colorado now. That's amazing. I mean, distance definitely has a curative effect. Mm -hmm. What's happened with you and your brother's relationship? Have you been able to sort of separate now uh, being the mediator between your parents and him and just now having just a straight up relationship with him? Yeah, for the most part. um, You know, I think the distance, like you said, it just, it makes everything easier. And to be honest, like I remember having a much better relationship with my parents when I lived in New York, just because, you know, there isn't that like daily check-in and, you know, and, and all of that. Um, and my relationship with my brother, I think is, you know, has really just gone back to a sibling relationship. I think that when I am kind of like present, like in, in like physically, like when I'm physically near them, um, I get pulled into that triangle a lot more. And I am, kind of like forced into the role of mothering him, which, you know, I realize now I just 
don't think is appropriate. Um, you know, it's something that I have thought about, I think as really like in the past like year or so since I've become a mom, you know, I remember because I was five years older, like I remember, and I was, you know, the oldest, like grandchild in my family and all of that. I just, and the girl, I just remember being pulled into like mothering my brother, like, you know, babysitting for him. I gave him the sex talk and just like Same. all those. Oh my God. Yeah. When he was, <laughs> when he was seven, like all that. And, and, and at my, you know, at my mom's asking, which is funny because she gave me the sex talk. So like, I don't know what the big deal was, but yeah, you know, there was just like a lot of moments where I'm pulled into like mothering him. And, you know, even though I, I am like a nurturing, caring person looking back, I just think like, what is our culture? And I do think this is a cultural thing for for a lot of, you know, Latinx people, but like our culture really pushes girls to be in these domestic mothering feminine roles very early on. And I just, don't know if that's appropriate. I don't think it is. It's not. You know, I think Let's that. Let's just say it. It is yeah, not appropriate. Right, exactly. You know, like me cooking for him or like doing chores, like just, you know, that kind of thing. You know, my my grandmother, my abuela, she even says you're his second mom. Like I've been called many times since, you know, maybe a teen or, or even earlier, like my brother's second mom. And looking back, I'm just like, that is not cool. Like that is not a good role to put any girl into. And I do think that we are pushed by our culture to do that. And probably why, you know, I have ended up in this triangle where my parents are reaching out to me as the quote unquote second mom to like mediate. Um, But I think in a positive way, one, having distance and two, being an actual mom now, um, Like really has like for me at least solidified like what my role and my boundaries are with with them and and with my brother and and in this entire relationship. So my last question is, how has being intentional about how you communicate with your parents and also being intentional about redefining those communication boundaries, how has that helped you in other areas and in other relationships? You know, I think that communication with my parents has gotten better because I've just gotten better at setting boundaries and knowing when to say, you know, I can't have this conversation right now. I think that's really important because I am very quick tempered. And so sometimes I'm, you know, quick to jump into yelling and screaming and, you know, my, my dad and I will just go round and round and, you know, that'll come up with my husband. Like I'll be quick, you know, like every marriage, right? Like you'll yep. both start screaming and then you're like, <laughs> what are we screaming about? Um, but I think it's it's also really helped with boundaries at work and just like knowing when I should reply and when I shouldn't. I think setting boundaries and like knowing that like my time is valuable and sometimes my time needs to be devoted to like not worrying about this thing and not dealing with it right now. I think that it has always been very hard for me not to be like quick to reply to a boss, you know, or my husband or or a friend even. And so I think being more intentional with my parents is actually helping me be like more intentional with other relationships. And that's hard, you know, it's been really hard for me, but I think just setting boundaries and like reminding myself that like, I don't 
have to be angry and respond from a place of anger. Like I can just like give it time and like think about what I really want to get out of this situation and go from there. Beautiful. Thank you so much for coming back. Yeah, this was great. Irina's original episode is called She's Stuck in a Family Triangle. You can find it in our feed or on our website, and we've also linked to it in the episode notes. Thank you so much for listening and for sharing us. How to Talk to Mommy and Papi About Anything is an original production of LWC Studios. Virginia Lora is the show's producer. Kojin Tashiro is our mixer. Anola Bedoya is our social media editor. I'm the creator, Juleka Lantigua. On Twitter and Instagram, we're at Talk to Mommy Papi. Please follow us and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Bye, everybody. Same place next week.